I think if I'd have asked this question a year and a half ago, we might have come up with some different answers. And the question is this. What does it mean to flourish? What does it mean to flourish? We don't use that word very often, I don't think. Maybe we might talk about our gardens or our flowers or the weeds and the violets that sneak into my grass. They seem to be flourishing in that way that we use that word. We talk about, when we talk about humans, we talk about doing things with a flourish, right? I've never been known to do that. And I'm sure you never have been either. We talk about it almost as if it's an add-on to something that we're already doing, that, that flourishing is something like a cherry, you know, on top of the, the beautiful Sunday that you've made. But I want to argue today that the intention of the Trinity, of God the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, is indeed flourishing. That all creation might flourish. Now again, before this pandemic and and I think even as we move back into what some people think is normal life, whatever the heck that word means, there is the temptation to think about what our culture or we might use the shorthand the world says is flourishing. Because for any of you that use social media, there is a narrative of flourishing there that we often see. Or if you watch television and you see ads, there is a narrative of flourishing that mostly includes beautiful cars, beautiful bodies, mo money. That kind of flourishing is something that just wells up, it seems, from us. That Because it gives us, we think, some sort of image or idea about ourselves that then we have confidence in. Because if I have more money, I must be doing something right and well. If I have a beautiful car and a beautiful companion and beautiful clothes, I must really be doing something right and well. I must be flourishing. But we also know that behind much of those facades, there can be much that is rotten, much that is degrading, much that is hurtful and painful. And so I'm not saying that those images aren't true for some people, that within whatever largesse that they have, that they are actually flourishing, that about what I'm going to talk about, but that is not the image of flourishing, I think, that comes out of the scripture. And so I want to want to have you think about what it might mean for us to flourish as people, as people of faith. And part of that flourishing is, in fact, to think about the one who died for all. The one who gave his life for all people so that they might be invited into a life of flourishing. 
One died for all, and so as Paul writes, all have died. It's just that some of us haven't quite gotten the memo yet. We think that we hold on to our lives and that flourishing is by somehow grinding and pushing and forcing and building up our own kingdom that we might find a flourishing here on earth that is the ultimate sort of flourishing. But Christ calls us into a different way of being, a different way of seeing, a different way of living. But it does take the death of those ideas and those images of flourishing that we've probably been fed from the time we were little. That's why it's so challenging. Because God has given us gifts. God has given us opportunities. God has given us all kinds of things that we might grow and change in this world and we might enjoy the things of this world. That is one of the things that I think we get wrong about Christianity is often we say, well, you know, to be a spiritual person, we need to withdraw from the world. Well, I don't think that's what Christianity is about. I think when we are fully flourishing, we are engaged with everything that is around us. We see things from a different perspective. We see people from a different perspective because we have become that new creation. We have been brought out of that old perspective and that old way of looking at things, that old way of thinking about flourishing, and we see it in a new way. And it isn't because of something that we've done. There isn't some sort of 12-step plan to flourishing. As much as if you went to, say, a Christian bookstore and you could find those kinds of books, right? You know, the best way, your best life now, blah, blah, blah. Those kinds of things, right? I mean, I've read all those books and, and I've tried all those steps and I'm still the broken mess I always was, But here's the cool thing about that is is that Christ in his death and in his resurrection embraces the mess that I've always been, the brokenness that I've always been, and creates something new. Allows me to acknowledge that, to confess that, and to be made into that new creation. Not that I'm perfect in of myself, but that I am being made perfect in Christ's perfection. Not that I have my own righteousness, but that Christ's righteousness, his justice and his love and his mercy, and we use this fancy word, have been imputed to me, have been given to me through his life and his death and his resurrection. It is not my righteousness that I cling to in this flourishing, but it is Christ's righteousness and holiness. Because Christ has given it to me and not just to me, but to all people. And when we begin to give up our ideas of human flourishing in the way that the world would have us do that, we begin to see things not from a human point of view, but from a God point of view. We begin to see the gifts and the wonder of each and every human being as if they were a newborn child. I noticed today for the first time, one of our member families brought their granddaughter for the very first time into our worship. Very first time she's ever been in here. And we've heard about her. We've, we've known about her. 
And I just saw when, when she came in, and as you start to began to recognize and put two and two together, like the changes on your face, the joy that it brought you to see these grandparents bringing their granddaughter for the first time to worship and just the joy that you wanted to share with them. That is the kind of flourishing I'm talking about, that, that we could begin to have our ideas changed about the people that we meet every single day, even if they are some of the most difficult people that we could ever experience. I mean, you know, the person you have breakfast with in the morning. <laughs> Not talking about you, dear. <laughs> you know, your coworker, who you just don't see eye to eye with. You know, Uncle Harold and Aunt Maud, who have some very different ideas about things. Or the people that you don't really know, but you've cast aspersions on that. We can begin to see things from this new perspective because there is this new creation that is in, with, and under what we think of as the old creation. And that as the scales of our eyes are being peeled away, as we become new, and as we live into this righteousness of Christ that has been given to us, we begin to resort our lives. And as it says in the psalm, we become like the cedars of Lebanon. We become like trees planted by a stream that flourish and that grow and that bless everything that is around them. And it's not just for a small period of time. The beautiful part about this life of faith and about this new creation is that even as we age and our bodies begin to break down or our bodies begin to do different things, that we can be, and I love this in the psalm, that we can be full of sap. I know some people that are full of sap. But that even as we age, we can take the wisdom that we've been given through Christ and we can be evergreen in this new creation to bless all the communities that we are a part of and also to begin working for in our communities ways so that people can see each other with new eyes. And it is one of the hardest and most difficult things that you will ever attempt, and that is why you cannot do it on your own. We need the Holy Spirit. We need God's Spirit to live in and through us, to invite that Spirit in each and every day as we confess our sins and are reminded of the grace that we've been given and the new life. And so as you look around now, and I'm sure, I'm, and I'm hoping around your yard, you're seeing with all the rain that we've had and the sun, even if it's the weeds, there is flourishing. And that you every day have an opportunity to be that, to participate in what God desires for all of creation, which is to flourish in the name of Christ. May it be so with us. Amen.